Welcome back to the People Show, Hour 2. Vic Nazar, Dan Riccio here on Sportsnet 650. Eddie Gregory running the show. You as well, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. We got Confession Fridays coming up on a Thursday today. We'll do that in about an hour and a half, 90 minutes away. Get those submissions in, 650-650. Drop it with a CF. Always helps us. But we'll do uh, we'll do that coming up. Man, I'm so excited for Confession Friday. I want to hear what dirt people got. It's chaos sometimes, man. It's <laughs> chaos. You got you and Randeep usually have so much fun with this segment. Now I get to be the one yeah. that sees I, I was getting all nervous. of the, the messages that we're not supposed to read on the air. The break right before, like mm-hmm. commercial break, I have to like steady myself, like steady the nerves. And yeah. the break right after, I have to go for a walk. Yeah. Just to like cleanse my soul. Because there's a lot. So uh, I do have an update on a story we talked about earlier this week. Okay. My friend who's been chasing autographs yes. of various Juventus soccer players in Los Angeles. And keyword here, chase. <laughs> it's been like a three-day process. Mm-hmm. I've been getting updates of like, yeah, they're supposed to be uh, training in Loyola today. They ended up being on Rodeo Drive. <laughs> the fact that there's updates makes the story even better. Oh, man. Like, like we're taking an actual investment in him mm-hmm. trying to chase down Juventus. Us being all Juventus fans, it's like you know a group chat. We talk during games, sure, or whatever yeah. else, you know that that sort of thing. Um, For the people that texted in earlier uh, in the week, we were talking about the EPL season. Yeah, uh, I was like, yeah, I can't wait to wake up at four a.m. They're like, why don't you just like watch it later? <laughs> it's for that reason. Yeah, because I'll wake up and I'm in so many group chats with United fans. Yeah. Family overseas. Yep. They're all going to watch it live. So it's, the, the game is going to be rude for me as soon as I wake up. Yes. So I just wake up anyways. It's uh, that's Sports is the – you got to watch it live yeah. if you can. Um, I got an update today. He uh, went to Juventus training this morning. Wow. And uh, only one player came out to sign autographs. <laughs> <laughs> the American Weston McKinney. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's something. It just feels like there's something right in the world. It's so funny because I'm getting selfies <laughs> of him collecting autographs. But it was worth it then. Yes. Not Paul if Pogba. You, if you count a 34-year-old man chasing down autographs. Worth it. Players from his mm-hmm. favorite team. I don't know. I guess it's like. It's not like you live in Vancouver and you can just like st- sit outside Rogers Arena one night waiting for guys to exit. But I was the guy that was hanging outside eight ranks when they were when parking they outside there. Yeah, when they practiced there. But I was a teenager. Yeah, right. It's all age relevant. It'd be as if you were a Canucks fan living in Sweden. Yes, and the Canucks did a preseason tour there. Yes, you you might go a bit yep eccentric to try to to try to meet. But would you like? If if you were the autograph chaser, would you hire a kid? Ooh, that's a bold move. <laughs> <laughs> to come with you? I'll flip you a hundred bucks if you can get Elias Pettersson's autograph yeah. for me. Just be like, just uh, go look cute over there. Yeah, go 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 to one of your buds that's got like a four or five year old, you know, and be like, hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks if you let me your kid come with me to to chase down some autographs. Don't worry, I'll be thirty feet behind you. Why thirty? <laughs> Legal reasons. <laughs> I got to be 30 feet away from the team. Can I pay you with candy? <laughs> well, now. 
Did you sign these autographs for my nephew here? Speaking of confessions, Eddie, what's going on there? <laughs> uh, Rager Texan, Bick would just hire Reach. Come on now. It's rude. How many five-year-olds have a great beard like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 650-650. Keep getting those uh, texts in. Again, confessions. Submit them. Uh, about 90 minutes away here on the People Show, Confession Fridays. And we've been told mm-hmm. Eddie uh, has got one for us today. And, and and sorry, what was the stipulation on it today? It, it's going to make us feel greasy? With... Uh, I think you'll judge me. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And no, 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 judge no. my character a little bit. Confession Fridays is all about no judgment. Mm. It's anonymous. You send in the text. You can put your name on it if you want, but we try. We, we we will definitely not read your name on the air. Eh, for this one, I'm willing to be judged. Well, the three of us, like we we have to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that one later. I'm excited. A little precursor for what's going on in confession. I, I don't know if I could leave judgment at the door on this. I'm I, definitely going to be judging yeah. people today. So last week I confessed I, I watch movies at one and a half speed. Oh. And re- on I thought you were going to say something else. But. No. But like, look, it can be confession about whatever. Yeah. And there was a lot of judgment. Like a lot. It is weird. Like, just enjoy the movie, man. The setting is there. If, if you're watching a movie that's so bad, you have to watch it on one and a half speed. Maybe just don't watch the movie. What's is that? Is that so hard? Is that so difficult? It's fine. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anyways, you, you, like this is your first confession Fridays. You don't have to come up with one. Feel free if you want to. But okay. Nevertheless, uh, that's later on in the show. I got nothing confession. to confess. I'm a perfect person. <laughs> uh, confession Fridays later on today. I wake up in the morning. I piss excellence. Calm down, Russell Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, when we were talking about that the other day, uh, someone uh, tweeted us and was like, oh, that was his own number three brand. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. The backpack he was wearing was the number three brand. I looked it up. Wow. The jersey, like the Mitchell and Nest tag is right there. Wow. So it was was a Broncos throwback. You think he purchased it or do you think Mitchell and Nest sent it to him? (laughs) Probably purchased it. Yeah, custom made. Nevertheless. All right, we had some things to get to. Uh, Mikey DiPietro's agent uh, had some comments yesterday. Yep. uh, Talking to Post Media. Yep. Where, like, okay, this hasn't gone the way Canucks, the organization, last regime, this regime, all that, hasn't gone the way it was anticipated. Mm -hmm. High draft pick. Semi high, mid round draft pick, let's say. And look, we, we we know what happened. Yep, pandemic happened. Pandemic happened. Uh, budgets happened to the point where the Canucks did not sign a traditional third string goalie. And Michael DiPietro was strung along in a year that he very much needed to play games to mm-hmm. develop. He was left sitting on the sidelines. As the team's taxi squad goalie. And his agent, Darren Ferris, did make comments against Ben Kuzma saying, there are occasions where they've dropped the ball on his development. The truth of the matter matter is, the bulk is more on the organization than it is on the player in this instance. Hopefully we can get him in the right position. And it's been said many times on these airwaves. Everyone's very aware. They went out and made the acquisition. Like, there was a a desire to bring in another goalie, a veteran, yeah, and would really limit the opportunities for Mikey Di Pietro. 
So it's Colin Delia that gets brought in, mm-hmm. and he starts looking, and it's like, oh, Arthur Silovs is there. They're going to give him time. So this is naturally going one direction for Mikey DiPietro. It's unfortunate, but there was the, the you know the the moment here to pour some fire on the or so, some gas on the fire, just to say the team screwed this up. Yep, we're looking for a new for a new option. Did even say Europe is always a possibility. It's also pretty full over there with commitments they have. Woe is me. Yeah, it, it, it is a lot of that. It's, but look, he he's not wrong. Like the organization, yeah, that's re- fair. Really put him guess in what? a very difficult position. Guess what, Vic? A lot of people in life get dealt a crappy hand. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. This is a classic. I, look, I know Sass not here. But this yeah. is a classic, like, two two things can be true at the same time. Actually, yeah. multiple things can be true at the same time here. This is very sad of you right now. It's, he was dealt, to your point, a very bad hand. Yes. And had to overcome something where in, in a time that was very pivotal to, to play games. And everyone has sympathy for that. Yes. Everyone in the moment knew this was a raw deal. And you, you're trying to get, you're always going to have to make the best of this scenario. And getting to be under the tutelage of Ian Clark for a full season under the taxi squad, like, has its benefits. It's just not playing games. And they punted on his development, essentially. And it's, 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 it's honestly inexcusable. Yeah. However, it's not an injury. Like, nope. goalies get hurt. Some guys lose entire years of development. Players miss seasons, yes. And I, I guess this comes to the, the bigger question then. For me, it's like, well, how good is Mikey DiPietro? Yeah. Because talent dictates opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. And he, he had his struggles. And look, the numbers fluctuate in his AHL time. I marvel and truly like adore the mentality that Mikey DiPietro has. He's been very honest on this on this radio station, on this show, mm-hmm. and with the media in general throughout his development process as he's become a 23-year-old professional. And you can see the emotional intelligence yeah. of a player. And just a, a bright player, really competitive, and there's so much to admire of the player. And I think that sometimes masks the idea of what are you as a professional player? And look, we're going to have Kevin Woodley on later, and it's something we're going to talk about with him. It's all well and good to say, hey, I've been hard done by, and you are right. But it's also fair to wonder, where, like, where are you as just a player that's worth investing in? I would say um, Mikey DiPietro's value around the league is probably next to nothing. You know, he is now, yeah, he, a highly thought of goalie prospect when he was first drafted in 2017, but it's not 2017 anymore. You're 23 years old now, and you haven't been able to put together something that makes people believe you are, without a doubt, an NHL goalie. He's played 40, well, no. Just over 70 games, 75 games-ish in in the AHL. And the numbers aren't really, like, jumping off the page at all. 
about a nine, just over a 900 save percentage. That's not something that is making people like say, hey, Mikey DiPietro is a great goalie on the come up. And yeah, I sound like a, a jerk the way that I'm talking about DiPietro because it is legitimate, his concerns, and he has legitimate gripes with how the organization has brought him along over the last few years. But it's also a bit of a two-way street. When Spencer Martin signed last fall, where was he on the depth chart? Mm -hmm. Were the Canucks banking on Spencer Martin moving his way up the depth chart to be third and be the one that was next in line for starts at the NHL level? No. Spencer Martin showed up and jumped Silovs, jumped DiPietro on the depth chart. If you are Mikey DiPietro, maybe things haven't gone as well as you would have hoped, but you've got to find a way to make the most of your opportunity, whatever that may be. So what your fifth on the depth chart right now? Get into training camp and show people why you shouldn't be if you happen to be a Vancouver Canuck or a member of the organization at that point in time. This is like goalies can change. Like they're, they're so quickly things can change mm-hmm. for goalies, right? All it takes is one start. All it took was three starts for Spencer Martin to be looked at as the backup for the Vancouver Canucks coming into this season. How can Mikey be that guy that really changes the perception of himself within the organization. He's commented that his attitude hasn't always been the best at times with the way things have gone. Maybe you want to trade. Maybe it's not really out there for you. If this happens to be the situation you're in come training camp, find a way to make the most of it. It, it, It's harsh, right? Like It's very unfair. I get that. But pro sports is unforgiving, man. Yes. Like, especially, we don't necessarily associate that in the NHL, guaranteed contracts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But look at the NFL, man. You get cut, you get signed real fast, real easy. Professional sports is unforgiving. Yeah. And that's the thing where I look at this and say, hey, I understand. Look, if you want out, absolutely. Player mobility, look for a better opportunity. I get that. This is also still an evaluation of, how good of a player are you? And it's it's fair to wonder. Like, Vic, the way things have gone, no team in the NHL is going to look at Mikey DiPietro and be like, that's our third goalie. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that should be third on our depth chart. And, and so, like, if, if that's what you want, yeah, I, I'm going to be hard-pressed to find a spot. Yeah. So, look, if you, if you want out, I'm cool with that. Go find your opportunity. If it doesn't arrive, to your point, show up in training camp and win the job. Yeah. His agent has been given the opportunity to try and facilitate mm-hmm. a trade, to talk to other teams. What's happened in the two weeks since that story came out? Uh, AJ texting in, uh, you say deal with it. This is how you deal with it. You get out of the situation that isn't working for you. Agent is literally dealing with it. Yes, in the here and now. Yeah. And again, you're right to say the the, the organization dropped the ball on the development. Yes. But like, what's the platform from where you're developing from? Were you bona fide AHL starter ready to take that next step? Yeah. Or were you 
work in progress, like a lot of 21-year-olds are. Mm -hmm. And are you living in the past or are you working for the future? That. That's it right there. You know? That's eight words. I think eight (laughs) words. Whatever it was. And and I get it. Like, you know, you were dealt a terrible hand. Nobody denies that. Even the new front office doesn't really deny that. But that's the way that it played out. Ownership cut the taps off with how much they were spending in the Canadian division year. And instead of signing a veteran goalie to be the third on the depth chart and be the taxi squad goalie, they put you there and you were left without playing and it ruined some of your development. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned the debacle of, of, how the San Jose star was handled. Yes. The most obvious even thing. Even before. Even before that. that. So that's part of this equation as well. Pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. The whole reason Merrick Mazinich was was then acquired. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's part of this conversation as well. Yeah. The Merrick Mazinich uh, cashes at plus a thousand. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, man, like pro sports is difficult. There's 64 starting jobs in the NHL for goalies. 64. You know, he, Spencer Martin was probably like in a similar spot to DiPietro a few years ago, a goalie who was drafted in the third round, played in the OHL, you know, guys like, uh, pretty big stars like Connor McDavid said, you know, that was one of the best goalies I ever played against. Um, and yet, you know. It didn't really go swimmingly for him in his first four-way through, foray through the NHL. But he worked his way back. And again, it, just because you may be fifth on the depth chart right now doesn't mean you will be that early in the season. It's up to you to change mm-hmm. that. And that's why I say quit living in the past and start working for the future. And, you know, that's, you know, I think words that a lot of us can probably live by better. No, <laughs> myself, Myself included. Yep. So... I know it's not always the easiest, but you've got to be able to put that attitude at the door and work towards getting yourself into the spot that you want to be in rather than living with the I, the feeling of where I should be right now rather than where I am. We've had this come in a lot when we've talked about moving contracts as well. And a lot of people text, well, what about adding Mikey DiPietro as a sweetener? I don't know if that's a primary sweetener. If, if I said to you, there was a chance to trade a contract and it'd be two other pieces. Would you be okay throwing DiPietro in part of that? Yeah. I, I think you're kind of in that spot. Just like facilitate. Look, just, just facilitate the move for the benefit of his own career. He might be in the same spot as number four, number five in another team's depth chart. Yeah. But just say, hey, if you want an opportunity elsewhere, you don't trust us. That's fine. We'll, we'll make it work. I don't really have that much of an issue of like tossing it. How many as, situations as, as... are better than Vancouver's though? Like Bick, it's renowned across the league as mm-hmm. the best goalie setup or one of the best goalie setups. Right, but I, look, I understand if a player feels like trust has been violated. Yeah. I understand that. Fair. I, I appreciate that. And if a player wants out, that's fine. Even if you can sell them, it's like, hey, look at the infrastructure we have here. For someone to be like, well, I just don't trust what's happening here anymore. That's fine. And yeah. and as much as we praise Ian Clark, there's lots of good teams doing good goalie work. Um, 
I again, I just don't know where the opportunity would be that's much better than the one he's got in Vancouver right mm-hmm. now. He's got to work towards being in a better spot as a player, as a sweetener. Like, you know, if you're trying to move off of Tyler Myers' contract, Mikey DiPietro maybe isn't the sweetener that, that helps you do that, or Tanner Pearson's mm-hmm. contract. Not to mention, you know, I think you know those contracts will probably be easier to move in a year from now anyhow. Um, but let's say you wanted to move Tucker Pullman's contract. Mikey DiPietro's not going to cut it. it. You need one other piece. Yeah. Right? Like, essentially, it's just like, Still hey, we need just, like a second round pick in there or something. This is essentially just like the free piece we're just doing anyways, just to help facilitate. Maybe somebody gets some upside out of it. But if you were to start ranking sweeteners, A. Who is you, the sweetest of the sweeteners? Yeah. And like, first of all, do you even want to do it? But start playing this out. Like, what is the cluster of assets the Canucks do have? That you could use a sweetener, use as a sweetener, because I, like I, I'm not touching any of the draft picks, so you immediately go into those are the best sweeteners, though. I agree, but there's not in a spot right now. And if we're talking about, you know, I I, I don't really want to see depreciating assets, but if you're willing to entertain certain things, mm-hmm. who would you be willing to entertain on? Oh, man. Because Di Pietro is uh, not part of this conversation. Di Pietro is not part of it. As, as minimal as it is. Um, I don't think you can really look at a Jet Wu as a potential sweetener. It's probably not enough. A recent second round pick, mm-hmm. right? That's not enough. Hasn't really shown enough at the AHL level to, to garner that. Jack Rathbone feels too rich. Mm-hmm. I also think... As Rutherford mentioned yesterday in his interview on the Bob, Bob McCallum podcast, he's essentially penciled in as their third pair left shot D-man. So you're not doing that. Klimovich, too rich? Yeah. I, I think it's relative to like what you free up. Klimovich, yeah. I would say Klimovich is, is a decent sweetener, but there's there's got to be something that is better than that or more attractive to other teams than Danila Klimovich. The one I've mentioned before, Nils Hoaglander. Again, look. We, you we really want to give list. up on Hoaglander this 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 early in his career? We're going through this list. Rathbone is a no-go. Wu yeah. probably doesn't move the needle enough or nope. is, is, is a no-go. Klimovich, probably a no-go. Yep. Still just it's last year. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of out of people. Yes. So just, again, it's relative to like how much money I'm clearing out. And also just like look at the opportunity that's there. I, I think there's a real chance Nils Hoagland is on the fourth line. And I'm just not sure like how you rebuild value for that. Is that a terrible spot for Hoaglander? Is it not? Is he going to be playing with Curtis Lazar and Dakota Joshua? And He's an energy guy. Is he though? <laughs> You're right. I, I I'm, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but like he, again, he he's fourth line, is, fourth line is not where you would want Nils Hoglander to play. It's not like you know Nils <laughs> Nikolai Goldobin was not a fourth line player, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the Canucks tried to give him top six opportunities, and they didn't necessarily work. 
when Hoaglander was brought in, he was just essentially penciled into the top six because go back it goes back to what we were talking about with Mikey DiPietro. The taps were turned off and mm-hmm. the Canucks just weren't spending as much that season for obvious reasons. But now he's clearly an NHL player, but you've soured on him because the development has stagnated a little bit. There's still a really talented player where he doesn't have to be top six. He can be a guy that's in somewhere in your top nine, depending on the fit, probably next to Elias Pettersson. Being a fourth line player, no, it doesn't, doesn't work for Nils Hoaglander. Now, we'll see what happens at camp. Maybe he comes in, looks fantastic. There's just certain like situational awareness moments. I kind of looked and said, I don't know, man. Like it's it's tough. He's very flashy, yeah. and can make plays in confined spaces. As much as I'd rather, like right now on most nights, I understand why Tanner Pearson plays more than Nils Hoaglander. Mm-hmm. Right, but you'd, you'd rather he's just more consistent and all those things. But I'd rather try to move off Tanner Pearson to move Nils Hoaglander up the lineup. If that makes sense. I agree, but I just don't think... Is that a... realistic, though? No. That's the problem. In a league where Oliver Bjorkstrand goes for nothing, how are you trading mm-hmm. Tanner Pearson? And the two years left on his deal. And guys like Zach Aston Reese and all that are available for free. All available for free. Max Pacioretty. Dan had... Heinen. What did he go for yesterday? A mil? One million dollars. Wingers just, you know, especially, um, you know, middle six wingers. They just they're they're not getting paid right now. Bottom six wingers even less. This is part of the problem with the NHL. And Pearson, truth be told, brought you value on the contract that he signed. Mm-hmm. Or the the numbers guys would say he Met brought the about the numbers guys would say yeah. he brought about four million dollar value for what he provided for the Canucks last year, and. You felt it, especially before he got hurt. He was playing really, really well. With Miller and Besser, he was playing really, really well. And I understand why Bruce Boudreaux trusts Tanner Pearson more than he trusts Nils Hoaglander. I understand when Travis Green had the same feeling. But you should still be more involved in Nils Hoaglander development than keeping Tanner mm-hmm. Pearson in your line. I, I just don't see enough of other candidates. Like Travis Dermott? No. Doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Burrows? Nope. So, like, there's really the best, no... The best sweeteners outside of Hoaglander are draft picks. Yeah, and I'm probably not touching first or second round draft picks. <sighs> no. So, if you, if you wanted to entertain the idea of sweeteners, like, the, the, the grouping is... Nils Hoaglander and Mikey DiPietro, that's it. Will Lockwood? Is that even moving the needle? No. 24-year-old bottom bottom six winger? That's the reality. Fourth line winger? Vic Nazar, Dan Riccio, good chat there. We'll talk to Adnan Verk on the other side. Uh, I do want to uh, talk to him as well. Oh, actually, sorry, he'll uh, join us later on in the show. Uh, did you see the Oppenheim trailer? No. I kind of want to talk to uh, him. I- I'm like Any Chris Nolan movie? All in right away. Probably uh, the one director I, I get excited for. Yeah. And Tarantino. Well, that's... Here we go. It's all right. Roll in the eyes on Tarantino. It's fine. 
Uh, let's go to break. Tarantino. <laughs> Pick Nazar, Dan Riccio. Still got Turf Trivia. Still got uh, Don't At Me. And Confession Fridays on the way. Get those submissions in. 650, 650. A couple already trickling in. Uh, get those in as we do it uh, an hour from now here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to the show. Vic Nazar, Dan Riccio here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. A lot on the way. Turf trivia. North Van holding the belt right now. We got Confession Fridays an hour from now. Get those submissions in. CF if you send in uh, earlier. Uh, also, Kevin Woodley will join us at uh, 3 o'clock, final hour. Adnan Verk, full final hour. On the show, don't at me as well. Chance to win a pair of passes to the Odlum Brown Van Open at Hollyburn Country Club. The largest and most celebrated men's and women's pro tennis tournament in Western Canada. And also we have uh, tickets for Family Fun Day Sunday at the Nat for Turf Trivia later on today. We're at the Nooner tomorrow. Can't wait. Gonna bake. Probably gotta bring the sunscreen out. It's fine. (laughs) It's gonna be a hot one, man. There's Rob worse Thomas. places to be on location tomorrow. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a blast. Totally fair. It's going to be a blast. But love the gnat. And we got the, the gazebo. We'll hang out underneath. We're in the shade. It's yeah. Fine. It's fine. Just crush water today. You know what, though? Like, Vancouver heat waves still way better than the Ontario heat wave. Because? Because it's not as, like, deathly humid. Absolutely. Like, when you're in the shade, you still get, like, a cool breeze. Yeah. Whereas, like, on the eastern seaboard, you're more like, even the breeze is just, like, warm, hot air. <laughs> it's really gross. Just <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Find you a friend with some AC and just kind of chill out. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Or a pool. Or a pool. I need more friends with pools. <laughs> Wish I could help I'll you. I'll bring the espresso. Like, what do you, you know. Re- Real estate's tough enough. Now I gotta have a place with a pool for you to come over. <laughs> I don't come empty-handed, you know. I'm Italian, so that's the classic uh, boat move, too. Yeah, it's like you never want to own the boat. Yeah, but just show up with a to show up with like six pack, six pack, some kind of booze. Make the boat experience better, guy. You're mm-hmm. a legend. You're a legend. Bring a lasagna. Uh, some baked ziti. A couple of people commenting on our uh, last conversation there about uh, if. If you were to entertain the idea of sweeteners, who are actually the candidates on the team, neither of them want to touch draft picks, neither of us want to use a Jack Rathbone or something, and the only one to me that is viable, look, it's high risk, Yeah, is a, is a Nils Hoaglander. I still probably wouldn't do it, but it's relative to how much money I'm clearing out. Uh, this one, who is soured on Hoaglander? Whoever made... Dumb statement like that knows nothing about hockey. He's a second-year player last year. Give me a break about this line of discussion. And then another text there is, is Kuzmenko a lock to be better than Hoagslander, though? Not at all. That's still quite a mystery. Yeah. There is, look, has, has anybody soured on Hoaglander? I mean, the club was very open about his struggles last year. And now they've created a forward group that, is really deep. Is really deep. And just drafted a forward who, mm-hmm. if you project two years down the road, you would hope. It's it's more about opportunity now than mm-hmm. it is anything else with Nils Hoagland. The, the, the case for me, it's like, well, put Colson's going to get more time yeah. immediately because Manko arrives, we think we'll get more time. Mikheyev's here. 
Bester's obviously still here. Tanner Pearson still exists. Like, there's not a lot of minutes to win this season. And it's the same problem we talked about with Goldobin, yeah. Godet on the wing, Vertanen, whoever it was. At some point, the talent around you gets better too. Yeah. And so now Lekaramaki is going to be coming in at some point. That's an exciting player. What happens with someone like Danila Klimovic? Does he take a step? Like, you have to make a lot of progress really quickly here, and you're in a fourth-line role. Part of this discussion is also, like, capitalizing on value, right? If you are, like, project this out. Right now, Nils Hoaglander still has some trade value because of how well he played in his rookie year. His underlying numbers last year still suggest that there's a player in there you'd like to have and can have success at the NHL level. But if Nils Hoaglander were to have another difficult season, how valuable is he around the Mm -hmm. league? Right? It's, It's similar to... You know, the the conversation around Chicago moving on Kirby Doc now. Did Chicago look at Kirby Doc and say, we don't think this guy was worth the third overall pick anymore, so we're moving on. (laughs) And essentially, still move him at a time where another team would say, yeah, we still really like that player. And that's the decision they made in the moment. Do they know that they're taking a risk moving off a guy they just drafted third overall? Of course. But they said to themselves, we're kind of out on this guy becoming a star. So let's just move now and collect the future asset before his value continues to diminish. So you have to make those decisions. The Canucks could have done that with guys like Yulevi and Vertanen but never chose to go down that road. They said, you know what? We still believe in the player. You have to know when to move. And I don't think it's the right time for the Canucks to move off Hoaglander because I still think that there is a really decent player, a really good player in there that can help this team win games and help them drive play in a positive direction. That's why I wouldn't use him as a sweetener, but that's kind of the discussion you're having. Mm -hmm. Is it more valuable to us as a team to open up this space now by using Hoaglander as a sweetener than it is to continue to develop him. Sorry. The one other thing I'm going to say on opening up money, I don't think the club is wrong in saying it's not the right time to open up money for us anyways. Like, what are you opening up money for? And if ultimately you think your window is in a year from now or two years from now to really push trying to open up that money right now doesn't really make a ton of sense because it will be easier to open up that money a year from now than it is today. I want to play this back too because we we played a couple of clips uh, from Jim Rutherford yesterday. He was speaking to the Bob McCowan podcast and said said a couple of things and here's the one on on talking about the challenges to to open up cap space as well. Well, people talk about uh, teams being in cap trouble, but in, in fairness to the general managers, you know, if if we didn't have COVID, we didn't go through what we've gone through over the last couple of years, the cap would be almost $90 million mm-hmm. now. And, and all teams are going to be, not all teams, but the contending teams are always going to play that game. They're going to be up against the cap. 
but you wouldn't have as many teams up against it and you wouldn't have the kind of deals that are going on where you're paying a team to take a player from you. And, and so, so that, that's the reason we are where we are. But now that we're there, um, we just have to figure out how to work our way through it or make the best of what we have with the, with the players we have. Certainly Bruce come in and, and got the most out of the players that we have. And that's what we have to continue to do until we can make the right changes. So still intend to make changes. The, the other clip we talked about yesterday was still needing to improve the defense and didn't get a chance to make the changes they probably wanted to make. And it just goes to this other discussion that, look, a lot of Canucks fans are kind of frustrated because a lot was said. And up until basically the end of the season, they pulled off everything they had said publicly. Mm -hmm. Since then, not so much. And this developing frustration has happened that we see a ton in the Texan box. That's why we get to do what we do every day because you guys are so passionate about it. But now suddenly there's this wavering confidence of, here we go again. Sold a bill of goods mm-hmm. or sold an idea and hasn't necessarily come through. It's it's not as though the plan has all of a sudden changed. No. It's just they haven't been able to complete the plan in the way that they thought they would. Yeah. But this is um is is part of the game holding your cards closer to the vest. So, okay. So, have they been too honest about how and where they were going to open up cap space? So, yes and no at the same time. I remember having the same conversation with Boudreaux. Not with, but about Boudreaux on right. the show. And like, he was very... Too honest. Yeah, like refreshing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said, hey, fantastic. It's really nice. Hey, we love it. I love it as, as somebody who's talking about the team every day. As someone in my position, me, Bick that talks about what people say and opines. We prefer honesty. So don't get me wrong, okay? I'd rather everyone be honest. It's just, it's just easier for everyone to figure out mm-hmm. from some, for someone in my position. For you, the fan, that is your driving force is the results of the team and how to maximize that. The, the one thing that's very precarious is managing the overall ecosystem. That is the culture of your team and, and the mood of 50 different people. Like we, we spent time talking about Mikey DiPietro today. Yeah. Cause you have to manage all of these things constantly. So there's a certain level of when you're being honest about, Oh, we have to fix the defense. We have to fix the right side of the defense. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm one of the four guys, I hear, I see that quote thinking, well, that's, that's about me. Yeah. Tyler Myers knows it's about him. Why? What He's the biggest contract on the right side of defense. Why are you guys playing me 23 minutes a night yeah. when I'm a problem? Like That's one of the things you have to manage. And that's a different conversation for people within the inside the organization to have than me. Yeah. Because I get to do it in this forum, and it's funner for me, but it's tough for a coach or a GM to say, oh, yeah, we have a problem here. By the way, Tyler, we're going to put you out there for 24 minutes tonight. Yeah. That that's just a different reality to manage. I don't think um the part with Boudreaux is my understanding and, and players that have played for him even before Vancouver, he's always honest. Mm-hmm. Uh and if he says it in the media, he's probably said it to you already. Sure. 
and had those discussions with you as a player. So I get the sense that it's not always as... It doesn't feel as bad knowing that side of it, but... But when it's... It's it can constant. wear on guys that's, look, over time. It has a shelf life. Right. That's why we've seen like three, four years. Mm-hmm. That's the, the... Three, four years and he's got to go by The that. Boudreaux cycle. Yeah. So it's refreshing and it's positive and it's fair, but it can wear on people. Yes. For the same for look, for the same people that text in, Vic, you're an idiot. It's fine. I can deal with it. <laughs> After four years, I'm like, maybe I am an idiot, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's going to get into your psyche. That's just natural. Mm-hmm. And now we bring up this question with the with the management group. Has hey. management been too honest of how and where they were going to go with this team? Now, um, I, I would prefer it, but it does open themselves up to critique from the fans, and which is what we're seeing a lot of in the past three weeks. You know, I think it takes a lot of stones, and for lack of a better term, to be able to come out and say. Yeah, we wanted to do this, but we failed to execute our plan in the way that we hoped. And that's essentially what Jim Rutherford has said. It's what Patrick Alvin has said. But have they been too honest in what they wanted to do with this team and where they wanted to go with this team? Reshaping the defense. Getting younger getting draft picks. It's almost as though they've laid out their plans for everybody around the league to know. And so did they lose their leverage points to some extent? I don't think they necessarily did because, you know, other GMs are trying to make moves too. And just because you say it out in the media doesn't, lose your leverage in any sort of a trade conversation. It's just the way circumstances have gone around the league. Their plan is maybe somewhat unrealistic (laughs) to have executed all in one summer, right? You can't get rid of a bunch of things, add a bunch of young assets and still stay competitive at the same time, or be able to open up that cap space, get younger, get extra draft picks, and also not, at least a little bit decrease the talent level of your team. Take a little bit of a step back in the idea of taking two steps forward. Are you able to do all of those things in one offseason? My feeling is their their plan was maybe just a little bit too ambitious. Mm-hmm. And knowing that they're probably going to end up trading JT Miller at some point, you wonder if it would have just been better to move off the money sooner open up the cap space and be able to use those assets in the future. But this is why it comes back to what is it you want to be for this upcoming year? And are you trying to be too many things at once? That is what they've been guilty of this off season. And the idea of being too honest, I think has really hurt their reputation early with some fans because it has been unrealistic to want to do all of these things at once and sell a message a little bit of, hey, we're going to be taking a little bit of a step back or we have to make some tough decisions with this team. 
but also we want to remain competitive. It's it's weird too because they they managed to move off the Travis Hamannick money, right? Like that's the thing. It's, look, that fell. That's pennies from heaven. Took one one sucker. It, it, <laughs> very rare opportunity for that to happen. Yes, and I almost just wonder. It's like, well, if the Dermot trade never happened, you would have just a little bit more flexibility. They've added what four million dollars of net cap to their books. With Mikheyev and... Since the new front office came in. Right. Getting rid of... Net spend. Net spend has been $4 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Still not ideal for a team that wanted to open up cap space. Now, you told us you wanted to do this, but you haven't been able to do it. So now it kind of leaves the door open for everybody to wonder, well, were you actually trying to do that? Or is mm-hmm. this just the same sort of story that we've been watching happen over the last few years? Now, it, look, it should be said, they haven't necessarily completely committed to the idea of this team. Because, like, the Brock one had to be sorted out. It's, yep. it's really just the McKay of one. As much as we talked about the, the delay in JT Miller, look, there's no contract signed. Well, look at the moves that they've made. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hamannick, that's a big win. Did they have to go out and get Dermot right after? You know? This is, again, trying to be too many different things at once. Mm-hmm. Trading Hamannick, we opened up some cap space, but hey, we're going to go spend half of it already. <laughs> um, n- then you go into free agency. Yeah, we don't want to play. Uh, we're, we're probably not going to be players for, for any uh, anybody big in free agency. Ilya Mikheyev lands in their lap. Um, they are unable to open up cap space in the way that they hoped. All of these things come together, and you're just seeing that they're almost running it back Again, when that seemed like the last thing they wanted to do when Jim Rutherford first took over this roster. Uh, Bick Nazar and Dan Riccio here on The People Show. Lots still to come up. Uh, starting to get some confessions rolling in. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure that last one really counts as a confession. but The one that just came in? Oh, I, I just saw Confession Friday. I haven't read it. Uh, eh, no, that counts. <laughs> it counts. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. It's a little bit on the tamer side. Sure. Uh, but look, you can confess whatever you want. We'll do that in about 40 minutes here. Also, Turf I want to hear your deepest, darkest secrets, man. Yeah. This is Riccio's first Confession Fridays on a Let's Thursday. Make it a good one. So, uh. Tell me about how you cheated on the golf course. <laughs> okay. Go heavy with it. I thought you were going to go say cheated on something else. <laughs> Which, hey, by the way, we get a lot of those too. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're doing Confession Fridays on a Thursday today. We're at the Nat tomorrow. we got the mailbag. Talking to Andy Dunn tomorrow. A lot happening uh, for our final show of the week. Uh, so it's a shorter show tomorrow, so we're doing Confession uh, Thursday, Thursdays. Uh, so lots still to come here on the People Show. Chance to win tickets to the C's Family Fun Day Sunday. I'll do Don't At Me. Also, Kevin Woodley and Adnan Verk still to come in the final hour of the show. But Derek Klassen. Joins us next from Football Outsiders, a little chat about uh, NFL training camps. Kyler Murray fired back today. Independent and- study film. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we'll get into it all with Derek on the way here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.